Hello sweet souls, I am Lucy Victoria Jackson and it is my honour to welcome you to Root and Rise with Lucy. My aim with this podcast is to create a safe space to explore something that can often feel daunting, investing in your wellness. I am so humbled by the response to our first couple of episodes and this whole first season. Thank you so much to everyone who has listened and shared their feedback so far. Please do make sure you subscribe, rate, review and share if you're enjoying what you're hearing. Every time you do, it makes us that little bit more visible to others. Now, this episode is the final one for season one. I really can't believe it. This is episode number 11 and it has just been the most incredible journey. I've been so honored and so humbled to hold space for some really amazing guests for their wisdom and their wellness tips to come through. We'll be going on a short break over the rest of the summer and we'll be returning in season two with some other amazing guests. But today I am finishing with someone who is so full of love. She is really such an inspiration. Her name is Ashley McCartney and by trade she's a personal trainer, but she's not your standard personal trainer. I mean, she is amazing at what she does in the fitness and wellness sphere but she brings this beautiful energy to everything that she does. Something she says about herself is three things I believe in is community, human connection, and you. And her passion and her energy, it just shines through in this episode. It's such a beautiful conversation. We speak all about our mutual experiences with anxiety. We speak about how she handles the role of being a carer. Her mum was diagnosed with dementia, a quite rare form of dementia, a couple of years ago. And we speak about so many things, her sweat and self-love club that she's got running online. And it really is just so such a beautiful conversation. So please enjoy this conversation with Ashley McCartney and tune in at the end as well because I will share one final meditation with you today. So sit back, enjoy your cuppa and I'll see you on the other side. Ashley, first of all, hello my love, how are (laughs) you doing? I'm good thank you and how are you? I am so well. I'm so excited for this chat. I mean, we do know each other in real life and every time I'm with you, I just vibe off your energy so much. You've just got this beautiful, warm, loving energy that everyone will hear in this podcast. So I'm so excited and I'm so honored to have you here today. So thank you for being with me. Thank you. And it's so nice to hear your voice. Anybody that listens to Lucy's voice, you have to agree of how beautiful it is. The most loving voice. You can feel her love and energy as she speaks. And it's just, it's very addictive. I could listen to it all day. Oh, my love. Thank you so much. (laughs) This is why I love you. You're just so full of like, so much loving, giving energy. Um, So just like a little warning on this podcast, there's going to be a lot of mutual self-love in this one. (laughs) We gush over each other. (laughs) We definitely do. But that's what I love. Just women supporting women. And I know that you're Mm. all about that as well. Definitely. We'll get into the wellness stuff really shortly. But first of all, I just want to say congratulations on becoming a mum for the third time recently. Of course, your your pug babies, your three pug babies. So how are they all? Oh, yes. So I have, I had two pugs, which kept me very busy. And they really are 
they're like the loves of my life. They are my everything. And then recently I had a message from somebody saying that they had a pug puppy that needed rehomed. Um, would I know anybody that would take him? And I was like, I do. It's me. Just give him to me now. <laughs> so, yeah, he's actually on my lap as we speak. His name is Waffle. Waffle. Oh, bless him. <laughs> yeah, and he's and he's just fitted in so well. I really feel like the universe brought us together. Um, oh. he's, he, he doesn't leave my side. He's very loving. I, th- I think he really thinks I am his mum, which... You know, I am, but you are. (laughs) And and your other two are Charlie and Stan, is that right? Yes, Charlie and Stanley. So, yeah, quite a mix of names. Charlie, Stan and Waffle. Well, congratulations. (laughs) Although you aren't aren't quite Bracknell's craziest pug lady, are you? Because there is another lady that has more than you. I think she has about nine. Is that right? Yes, I, I know her. I call her the pug lady of Bracknell. I see her. She's she's yeah. lovely. <laughs> if you're listening, Pug Lady of Bracknell, we love you. <laughs> yeah, we do, we do. We love oh. you and all your pugs. <laughs> yes. I mean, three oh. has been absolute madness, so I can't even imagine what it's like having nine. I know. Bless her. Respect right there. <laughs> She's, she must have a lot of love to give. So, yeah, respect that. A lot that. of love. Oh, I know. Mm. But dogs give so much love back. I mean, I've got Elsie here with me as well. Mm. And they're just such beautiful presences to have around. So they do give back as well. Okay, so getting back, getting back <laughs> on track. Um, I, I love how you describe yourself on your website. So the description that you've got there is you're a mindful personal trainer and self-love advocate and you give the power for people to fall in love with their bodies through movement and modern therapy um so i would love for you to dive into that a little bit more giving our listeners a flavor of who you are and just chat about how you came to this kind of work that you're doing now Mm, that was a really lovely worded question um so i became a personal trainer around sort of five years ago um and I, i it was really natural route for me to go down because I've always loved sports and fitness whenever we played Spice Girls at school I was always Sporty Spice so Mm -hmm. it's just kind of a part of who I am um so when I became a personal trainer um it was really about it was about the fitness side of things it was about um you know it's in this industry it's it was about strength it was about helping people achieve goals usually around weight loss and and it was great and it was fulfilling in a way and i was you know i was supporting people achieve their goals so i loved it um but as i started to work more intimately with people um people started to become show me their vulnerability and mm. through that you connect on a really deep level um i think and that happened more and more. I don't know if the more it happened, the more I sort of opened up to it and then other people started to open up to it more and they felt that energy. Um, but I soon, I suppose I soon really realized that people need support, not only physically, but really in on every level, emotionally, spiritually, um, you know, mentally and it, it, I kind of naturally started to go down that road with people. And I thought, mm. I actually really want to have the tools to 
be able to support people and help people even more. Um, mm. And then having gone through, it was a similar sort of time in my journey that I started going through um, hardships as well. And for me going through the hardships and learning from them, I really stepped into my power and I thought, I really want to help other people do the same. So mm. I then I went down the road of becoming a sort of wellness coach. And yeah. now that's a huge part of what I do as a trainer and probably as a person as well. It's really like who I embody because I think that we are all here on this planet to help other people. We have to learn our lessons mm. and then share them and help other people. And I really think that's our purpose as a as human beings so now I feel like I've stepped into my purpose oh definitely yeah yeah you know you definitely are and it, it comes across in absolutely everything that you share online because you are quite active on mm. Instagram and and everything that you share is just so from the heart mm. and you're so honest and so open with people and I think that that really does help others mm. because I think for a long time online it was all like so perfect and we were all kind of shown this image of you know airbrushed people mm. and perfect lives and actually and especially in the last few years I think there definitely has been this swing of people actually being more honest mm. and being more open and being like well you know what like I don't have everything together mm. there's this going on in my life but I'm still going to try my best mm. and I really love how you embody that and how you put that message across because it, that's actually a really hard thing to do is to um, be going through stuff but then being able to articulate it and share it with others mm. so really really well done on on um on doing that so maybe let's let's look a little bit more at that transition then so may, maybe first of all two-part question for you what would you define as wellness in comparison to fitness and what was that that journey that you you went on to kind of bring you to to focus more in, on your wellness rather than just your fitness so I think fitness is, um, I suppose I would say health and fitness. So it's very much physical. Um, mm. Unfortunately, it's it can be a lot about aesthetics in this industry, which is I try to move people away from. I try to get people to have mm -hmm. goals that aren't around aesthetics and then more about sort of, you know, achieving something running a certain distance or you know lifting something and moving away from the aesthetics because I don't think it's healthy having been in this industry for a while I can definitely see its flaws and how that isn't very healthy so I try to move away mm. people from aesthetics but yeah I guess health and fitness is about physical health being fit being able to move and dance and you know, skip your way through life, pain three, and <laughs> you know, and I think that's so important, and I and I love that. Yes. Um, but I suppose wellness is your whole being. Um, mm. and I think it really is about you know it everything, the way that you talk to yourself, the way that you talk about yourself to others, you know what you're doing in your spare time so it's like 
you, you're spending an hour in the gym with me, but what are you doing all the rest of your time that's feeding your soul? Um, mm. You know, we have to be filling ourselves with positive things. And I think that's the wellness side of it, really. I think it is about your whole being. Mm. Yeah, definitely. A hundred percent. So yeah, so then part two of that question, what what led you from the fitness into the wellness? I think um when I went through a sort of hard time, um fitness became a lot of different things. So at one point it was I almost used it as a form of like abuse. I I would mm. overtrain because I wanted to feel sort of pain. It was like, instead of like self-harm, I would go and mm. I would absolutely kill myself and feel pain. Mm -hmm. and, and it's because I had no love for myself whatsoever. So yeah, well, that's that phrase, no pain, no gain. And yeah. actually that's quite a damaging phrase, so isn't true. it? Because it's, it's so yeah and and that's such like a, a buzz phrase yeah. in there I think it I think it's becoming less so but mm. yeah in like more traditional fitness is like no pain no gain when actually that just sounds really quite torturous yeah, and it is <laughs> and now actually yeah. one of my big things as a trainer and as who I am now I always say that exercise is a celebration of what our bodies can do and it isn't a punishment for something you've eaten Mm -hmm. and um so yeah that's so I, I it kind of became that but then exercise became my therapy so when I started to do the self-work and I started to fill myself up with love which took a long time and obviously we can talk a bit more about that later on of the sort of steps to doing that but once I had mm. done that work and I shifted my focus with exercise it became something more and that's when I realized that it goes hand in hand with meditation with affirmations with positive self-talk and it's 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 everything we need to look at everything we're doing mm, yeah for sure mm. so what kind of meditation do you do so I use apps different apps and I and I just I love guided meditation so I always use ones mm. on um, YouTube as well I use calm and mind and things like that I love them all I've tried them all mm. um yeah I try and do it every morning sometimes it's not easy I've got three pugs now so it can be chaotic they can be barking in my face but I think with meditation even if it's a minute that you've sat there and you've giving yourself that time just mm -hmm. to be present and just gifting yourself even if it's just a tiny moment for your gifting yourself you know that time that is so important yeah definitely and actually like having all your pugs around and the craziness mm. that is actually what it's all about mm. though isn't it it's it's finding those moments of peace and calm amongst the chaos mm. that is you know that is all of our lives we all have some kind of different chaos you know whether it's it's dogs that we've chosen to have or or children or we're looking after family members or so we all have chaos and craziness around us don't we and it's, it's just learning to center and ground when all of that is is going on around us so yeah I think that's really amazing and actually that's really interesting that you, you know you say you just kind of fit it in a minute here or there mm. because 
I think what can really put people off of meditation sometimes is is thinking, oh my God, I've got to find 20 minutes or half an hour to just sit still. But actually we can only do what, what we can do. Mm. And, you know, if we can make it into a little habit that we just go, all right, I'm just going to take this minute just before I drink this coffee or just before I have my lunch. And then and then a minute might become two minutes and we can build it up slowly over time. So that's a really nice, nice way of looking at Mm. it. Lovely. Yeah. So there are, of course, many things that I admire about you. (laughs) But one thing that that really stands out to me is is just how you stay motivated. You are so motivated, um, not only for yourself, but also how you motivate your community and other people. So let's talk a little bit about that now. So what motivates you? How do you keep that going? And how do you transfer that motivation to your community? Mm. Well, thank you. And I think that passion and love just sparks joy and I'm so passionate and I love what I do and I think that's infectious and I you know I say to my clients if you can be in the joy of what you're doing so whether it's work or exercise if you can be in that joy then that's all the motivation you're going to need you'll never you know dread your workouts you'll never dread going to work if you can feel and be in the joy of it. So I think that's the way that I approach what I do. And it's definitely something I try and get people around me to approach what they do with as well. Mm, Yeah, definitely. And you have your online community now as well. So let's, let's talk about that a little bit. So talk about, is it, is it self-love and sweat? No, sweat and self-love. Yes. The sweat and self-love club. Yeah. 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 So that's kind of developed really organically um, through the, you know, the last few months, which is, I think I love about it as well, because obviously it's been a really turbulent time and there's been so much pain globally um, and there's been so much loss globally. And I feel like, I think it's so beautiful that humans can transform that pain into good and so something that has been good that's come out of it for me and a community that you know I've created um is that we've yeah so it's just, it's basically an online sort of fitness community but it's it's the best thing about it is that these people were all strangers um and they've just been like binded together through this experience and through this love for sort of working out um and now they it's like a big online family and you know these strangers are all like commenting encouraging one another like you'd think they'd known each other their whole lives but they they show each other so much love and it's it's just been the most beautiful thing I've ever seen and I feel so grateful Mm. for it and to have been a part of it um yeah, it's, it's really special and I've, and it's something that I want to continue long after the shutdown finishes and I hope to grow even more um, and just spread mm. that love even more and more, you know? I really think you will. And, I, you know, it has to come from somewhere, though, that, that, that energy and that community. I think that's really come from you mm. because I, I can just hear in your voice when you speak the passion mm. and the love that you have for what you do. Mm. And it, it's just so clear that this has been created and it's it's going in this way 
just because that's growing from what you're putting out there. Mm. So I think you're literally like the perfect example of your vibe attracts your tribe. Like, honestly, it's true. It's true. And it's so, but it is true. It's like what you put out is what's going to come, yeah. come back to you. And it's, you know, that's obviously happening for you. So, so how have you, how have you worked to get yourself into that mindset then? Because it's obviously a lovely mindset to have, but I do think people, struggle with it Mm -hmm. you know because it is quite hard to be to be so positive and to Mm. be so loving to be so do you know what I mean so how have you worked or or have you always been like this I can see you've probably (laughs) always been (laughs) been quite loving and and just open arms I think um I think that we have it all inside of us but it it does we all we all need to find our route to it and in terms of loving and giving love, I think actually for me, it, I'm I'm more open and giving to it now because of ha- me going through a hard time, and I think mm. I needed it, and it made me realise when I needed it how much others need it because as you know everybody goes through hard time. It's one of the things that actually I think really connects humans is our experiences and our emotions because mm-hmm. we, we, we even you know we've all felt feelings of loss of grief of pain and when we share those experiences one, with one another that that creates love in itself and I think the more you do that the more you let your guard down and once your guard's mm. down you just give out love and you just be love and you you do you put it out and you get it back and it's it's beautiful Mm, yeah it really is and I think I think there's something so true in that kind of shared pain Mm. and it's not that we want it's not that we want other people to be suffering or that you know we we want other people to know what that feels Mm. like but I think it's just, um, I think it just really brings out our humanity. Mm. And I think for me, that one of the biggest problems I see in our world, you know, obviously I'm not a philosopher. I'm not any, you know, don't do this professionally. But to me, what I see is so often we dehumanize one another. Mm. So, you know, we we have our online social profiles and it becomes so much easier to you know, comment negative things to each other because no one can see you. We're, you know, we're essentially a screen. Obviously, I don't do this, but mm. I think this is, you know, this is something that that does happen. And even when we're sat in a car, I often think that's why road oh, rage yes. comes, you know, because that's my one thing that I'm still not great at is, is getting annoyed when I'm in a mm. car. And then I always have to stop and say to myself, if if that were a person and you couldn't see their car, would you be reacting in the same way? Do you know what I mean? Like if our, if our cars were like see-through and the, you know, and someone had just cut me up, if I could see their whole human, would, I don't think mm. I would respond in the same way because I'd see their humanity. But because I just see the machine, it's like I get that instant of road rage, but I have got better at then going deep breath it's just a human who's probably in a rush mm. because they've probably not you know got to go see, pick up their child or so do you know what I mean so I think um yeah sorry I'm just I'm going on a little I bit love, there but I actually I think, love that analogy because I think everybody in their lifetime has probably experienced road rage and it's something they can connect with but yeah yeah challenge them to say you know think to themselves would I be shouting at this if that was just the person stood in front of me and they'd cut me up yeah 
you know, the answer's probably no. And I don't think we would. No. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so so I think in this world where we've kind of dehumanised one another, we've got used to being, you know, being slightly dehumanised ourselves, I think it is so important that we, you know, coming back to actually what we said earlier about how you share on social media, it's so important that we bring that humanity back in and acknowledging our, our pain and kind of our shared pain is definitely something that we can notice in one another I think because we all do suffer in different ways Mm -hmm. and obviously there's different degrees Mm -hmm. of it and different ways that you know we we suffer but it is something that collectively we are all going to experience at one point so maybe let's kind of dive into a little bit of that with you then so talk to us what 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 was your um your catalyst I guess your hardship that that you went through so I or going through yeah so I think um my journey really into self-discovery and self-wellness it really did begin with one event like that where there was a catalyst for the change um and Mm. it was when my my lovely mum got diagnosed with dementia um Mm. so it's a really rare form of dementia um it's very fast acting and it affects the neurosignals. So she very quickly deteriorated and now she's unable to sort of move, to speak. She has a lot of trouble eating. Um, and that's happened really fast. Mm. Um, but, it's, you know, she was diagnosed at 60, which is, is, is so young. And so even young, that in yeah. itself has taught me so many lessons about life. Um, mm-hmm. you know, th- I've learned so much as this has been going on for about two years and the things that I've learned and the lessons I've learned are just, I couldn't even begin to tell you them all. There's just been so many, um, but yeah, so my dad and I care for her. Um, mm. and it's been that, that in itself was a huge transition going from, you know, daughter to carer and those roles being so dramatically reversed. Um, mm-hmm. It was, it was a shock to the system. And of course, yeah, but it, it was, it was very hard at first. I'd say for the first year um, that my mental health was tremendously affected. Um, mm. And f- for a while it really sort of crippled me to the point where I couldn't really function. So I was just had like crippling anxiety so much so that I, I, I was still doing this job. So I had to, I'd, I'd go, be going to teach a spin class and I'd be like in the toilets, just crying and shaking. And yeah, it got very mm. heavy and and it was hard to function. Um, but the, and, and I think looking back, I, I, I think that it was, you know, it, it was something that I needed to go through and it was, it was justified. It was a very hard time. Um, but at the same time, I knew I did need to sort of get out of there, get out of that space quickly because I wasn't able to give myself, I was so empty running off of adrenaline and sadness. I was empty. And when you're running empty, you can't give yourself, I needed to be a carer. I needed to fill myself up again so that I could be full to where I could overflow in giving to my mum and my dad because they really needed it. 
so I knew I needed to to get out of that place um I feel like I felt like for a while I made a home in it and it consumed me um and 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 I was like okay I, I really can't do this anymore um so that wasn't an overnight revelation but it it um I knew I needed to put the work in and yeah to get out of there and to be honest it, it I still have to work every day now on my mental well-being um mm. and it, it it is a daily thing that I have to work on and that's what I say to people because re- people often say that I'm so strong and things and I say I have I do have to work on it you know um yeah but it's worth it it's worth it yeah for sure wow well my love I, I knew your story but just hearing you speak about it in that way it's um it's really quite powerful and also it's not only that you you were having to care for your mum and obviously support your dad in the caring role as well but also the job Mm. that you do is so giving Mm. for other people as well so it's not just that you've got to look after family but you you are giving to large groups of people day in day out and I know how that feels so I really don't know how you found the strength to kind of um to to do that because it it is I think people look at you know the role of the personal trainer Mm. and the yoga teacher and they kind of go oh wow like what a fun amazing role and it is it is but it's it is exhausting you know I'm sure you know the feeling (laughs) at the end of the day when you taught however many Mm. classes and had amazing conversations and it it could have been like the best day ever at work but Mm -hmm. you can still come home and feel so tired Mm -hmm. and just exhausted just because it is so much giving so so how what have been your practical tools then for giving back to yourself what have you implemented day to day to help you be strong what's in your toolkit that you pull out pull out on a daily basis so I think the first thing was I think a lot of my anxiety was caused by um it I mean I'll go more into this anyway I think we should talk a little more together on anxiety but when I realized that a lot of it was caused by me running away from my emotions so I used to run I was scared of feeling what I needed to feel so Mm. I was always running away from it and that that fear of my feelings consuming me was creating anxiety yes so the first thing that I think really turned things around for me um was sitting down with my emotions and letting them in um so as i said i i really believe that uh emotions are here to teach us and you know often we make a home in them but they if we can mm. if we can feel them and invite them in we there's so many lessons to be learned from them so mm-hmm. that was something i did it was uncomfortable it was messy at times and now it's something that i on I do on a daily basis so when I feel something even if it isn't comfortable even if it's something that you know feels a little bit messy or painful I try my hardest not to run away from it I try and embrace it welcome it with open arms and just feel what I need to feel because that because being honest about your pain will make you invincible Mm. and that was one of my biggest lessons so that's something I I do daily now um and 
another thing is practicing being present. So I guess we uh, leading on to anxiety, uh, which I know that you experience yourself. Um, mm. But as soon as you realize that anxiety is created by either running past programs, past things from your, you know, feeling guilt, shame from your past experiences or mm. from creating scenarios about your future. As soon as you define that and you realize that, you realize how much peace there is in the present moment. Yeah, so, for sure. So the most powerful thing you can do, and it sounds simple, but it takes a lot of practice and a lot of work is just being present. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we practice in yoga yes. all the time. I mean, you've, you've been to many of my classes, yes. but the, the phrase that I always say at the beginning is there's nowhere else mm. to go. There's nothing else to do and there's no one else to be. I just, and I, and for me actually, yeah, I adore that. <laughs> I absolutely adore it. Yeah. And I love the way you yeah. say it. I actually envision that when I ever I'm about to do yoga myself, I close my eyes and I hear your lovely voice saying those words and it just, it makes you so grounded and you're like, oh, it's just perfect. Mm. I feel like you need to record that for everybody so people could just have it on repeat. Yeah, I think I will, you yeah. know, I think I will. But I must say it wasn't a phrase that, that came from my own brain. It was one of my teachers in India used to say, mm. they used to say the first two, they used to say no else to go, nothing else mm. to do. And then I've, I've just some, I probably heard it from someone else, the no one else to be thing, but it just seems to, oh, for me, it's such a lovely way of opening the space, but actually it can be really appropriate. As you say, when you're feeling anxiety kind of washing over you, actually saying those words mm. could be quite helpful because as you say, you, in that moment, you need to be present present you need to ground yourself and I think very often the techniques that we're taught is kind of look around for different mm -hmm. things that are like different colors or focus on your breath or something like that or having a mantra like that is actually is actually really helpful so and I feel like it actually ties yeah. in a little bit with self-acceptance which is a huge thing that we all I, I don't know I think personally a lot of females especially our age and males but a lot of the people I work with tend to be females our age and there is so many issues around self-love and self-acceptance and and it's something that mm. I've had to learn massively and again it's something I work on every day but even repeating those things that there's no one you know there's no one else to be that I just think that's so powerful to step into your power and hold yourself in it yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, so what other um, techniques then do you have for managing your anxiety? I know you like to get out in nature mm. as I do. We're quite kindred spirits, mm. aren't we? We're always kind of in forests and, you know. <laughs> yes. Oh, there's nothing better, especially during the last few months. You know, I don't like using the term lockdown because we weren't really locked down. I feel like it's not the right phrase, but at the same time, I can't think of another phrase at the moment for the last few months anyway with this turbulent time with yeah. covid and we were a bit restricted i've never appreciated nature more you know and again mm. the the best time to practice presence is when you're walking in nature just to actually be mm. there when your foot touches the ground to be there when the wind goes through your hair and touches your face and you know listening to the birds and you when you're in that moment nothing else matters 
all your fear, all your anxiety will melt away. So mm, I think so it's true. one of the most, you know, powerful tools, you know, being present and then being in nature. That's just like a, that's a prescription right there. It is. I know. If only, if only when we went to the doctors, they, they would say things like that. I think there is a slightly more of a swing towards that kind of prescription now. But I, I certainly know when I first got diagnosed with my anxiety, mm. um, the first thing the doctor said was, well, it was one, we're going to put you on some pills mm-hmm. and two, let's go, let's get you some counseling. Mm-hmm. And actually, I actually re- refused one. I, I never went on any mm. medication. I d- don't have any judgment for anyone that does but personally I just really didn't want want to go on it um but I did have did have the counseling but there there wasn't any other suggestion so I just wish that when I was you know when I was younger I'd been given the tool of yoga Mm. of mindfulness of breath work and I really just think that would have I mean obviously who's to know what would have what would have happened Mm. but I wish I'd been given those tools from a a much younger age but how old were you when you first got diagnosed and with your anxiety well actually my first experience of anxiety was when I was a lifeguard I was a lifeguard for many years (gasps) and I had to save I had to give CPR once to a little boy oh yeah it was very very intense um, he survived. We brought him back to life, um, and he was finally get. He came back the next day and gave me a big hug. Um, and so it, it was an absolute roller coaster. But um, after that was my first experience of anxiety. I think it was almost in a form of post traumatic stress because whenever I went on that poolside again, I would start to. Yeah. I, you know, I'd think every time I saw a child, they were going to drown. And then you know, your body starts to believe it because your body believes everything that your mind tells it. So, yes, so then the yeah. adrenaline comes and that was my first experience, but I kind of understood it because it was linked to that situation. But and, Yes, it was very specific. But it, do you find sometimes it can come out of nowhere? And mm-hmm. that, that, I, that always sort of was more debilitating because, y- you mm-hmm. know, you, you don't know why it's happening and you know, sometimes you can just wake up and you've got this horrible, anxious feeling in your stomach for no reason. And that I found that always found that harder to deal with. And that happened much later in my life. That was sort of in the last sort of couple of years that that's happened, where it's kind of knocked me for six out of nowhere. Um, mm. But th- I think going on to the tools, my last tool would be obviously whenever i have thoughts now my, my my your mind starts to run away like a train but what yeah. <laughs> it's like a steam train it just go it off it goes yeah but i think the best way is now i question the thought so i say to myself is that fact is that a true thought because as soon as you oh. as soon as you question it, it the question your the validity of the thought it loses its power I love that. And if you catch yourself before, you know, even if you're in it and you catch yourself and you think, what am I thinking about? Is that true? Every time you catch yourself, that's a victory. And and then you're able to use your presence tools. So your presence tools are your senses. So you touch something and feel something or smell something and you bring yourself back to the present moment using like practical tools that we all have. Mm. Yeah, I think... 
Yeah. The thing is, we have what I've learned, and as a, and I love human beings. I think we're so amazing, and we have everything that we ever need inside us. You know, mm. so we have all the answers. It's just, it's just finding our way to them, isn't it? Definitely. And again, like that's, that's what I always say in my, my yoga classes, especially my yin classes, because that gives us a bit more time Mm. to be still and look in. I always kind of remind people that actually everything in our life, you know, our education, the world around us, you know, the the capitalist society, Mm. everything has taught us that the answers are Mm -hmm. outside of ourselves. So when we're sat in that classroom, it's the teacher that has all the answers. We have to look to them for the answers. Mm -hmm. We have to look to them to tell us what's right or wrong, you know, or our parents, they're going to tell us what's right or wrong. Or, you know, capitalist society tells us that this product is going to make us feel this way or solve this problem for us. You know, if you buy that house, then you're going to be set for life or if you buy that beauty product you're going to be more beautiful and then you're going to feel better about it do you know what mm-hmm. I mean that like we've been brought up with this idea that the answer is elsewhere mm-hmm. but actually again like yoga and the ancient wisdom practices they teach us that actually everything we need is inside and I think that's so important to be reminded mm. of that you know it's not you don't have to look out for the answers actually what we have to do is bring it Mm. in we have to maybe not necessarily close your eyes and sit there and meditate for hours but ask yourself questions Mm -hmm. as you say like spend time being quiet spend time actually yeah looking inwards and and seeing what that inner wisdom says because everything we need we already have that was me and chloe you know you know very well as well on one of our retreats that was our mantra for the week everything you need you already have it was quite funny because everyone kept getting it complicated (laughs) and said uh, confused and they, they kept saying everything I have, I already need. And <laughs> so, we all said it wrong for some reason, but everything you oh. need, you already have. And it's so, so true. I think, yeah, and, love and that. Study, I read a quote that, and I love it. It says, studying yourself provides you with all the books you'll ever need. And I just think that is so true. So true. Mm. Yeah. Amazing. So I would like to just backtrack a little mm-hmm. bit because, um, there might be people listening to this who are also in the role of the carer mm-hmm. in their home. Um, and I think that is a really, really challenging role to be in um, because you, you've got this person that you just love and you would do everything and anything for. And they've obviously got their practical needs mm-hmm. to look after and their emotional needs. But how in the role of the carer, have you practically looked after yourself? Mm. What what tips have you made sure that you've done to look after you? And what would you say to someone else who is in the same position, but maybe struggling mm. to look after themselves? What would be your advice there? It's very difficult because you, you, the needs of the person you're caring for naturally go before yours. It, ju- it just mm. happens because they, they need you to, to survive so without Mm. even thinking especially when it's someone you love um their needs become you know go before yours um and caring for someone you love is very painful because you're trying to grieve the, the you know the loss and and you don't get a chance to do that because you're on survival mode you've got to suppress 
so that you can survive and be strong for the, the mm. same person that you're trying to grieve. So it's, it is a lot of going on emotionally and it's so difficult, but what it's taught me is that we, that love is the most powerful thing on this planet and we are capable of so much because of love and the things that you will be asked of you as a carer you know, there's things that you, you know, you couldn't even imagine, but you don't think twice doing it because we, we will do anything out of love. There is no limit to what we, that human beings mm. will do. Um, and also going back more to your question, it's very easy to lose yourself because as I said, their needs come first. So you, yours go into the back burner, but very quickly you'll burn out. And then you won't have anything mm. left to give that person. And that's happened to me and it's happened to my dad. Unfortunately, we have each other to fall back on. Um, so def I think you've got to take time to grieve, to feel. You don't have to be brave all the time. You can cry. You can cry in front of that person. You can still hug them. You can hold them. Um, you know, I think we try so much to be brave that we forget to feel we don't let ourselves feel and that's we've got to try and embrace our vulnerability we don't have to be brave actually being brave mm. the bravest thing we can do sometimes is be vulnerable and is feel so um that's my first thing is don't run away from your emotions and even if you're in the thick of it don't be afraid to cry you know, you're allowed to have a breakdown. You're allowed to sit down and cry on the floor and scream and then just let it out. And then you'll be able to get back to what you need to do. Um, and then I think really importantly is taking time out to yourself. So you've got to get out of the environment when you can, even though it's very difficult because there's so much guilt in that. It's very hard mm -hmm. to go out without feeling guilty. But at the same time, you've got to hold space for yourself away from that environment because if you're in it all the time, you're just going to crumble. So yeah, going out and what my, when my brother's home and my, he can look after my mum, my dad and I would go out and we'll sit somewhere and we'll reminisce and we'll cry and we'll laugh. And sometimes it can feel so painful doing that, but we always come out of those sessions just feeling lighter you know, like weights have been lifted off mm. us. So I think even though it's painful at times, it's so important for your healing to do that. Mm. And then yeah. also being, it sounds stupid, but self-care. You you can't like, you know, I, you know, I'll go out and get drunk with my friends. And at first, actually, that was a, a way of blowing off steam. But then you can't come back and be, you know, you're useless when you're hungover. And you, I can't, like, I fell off a skateboard not long ago because I thought it would be a really cool <laughs> thing to do. It wasn't very cool when I was sat in A&E for five hours. Oh, <laughs> oh my love. Oh, bless you. Oh, but um, you've oh. got to look after yourself because if you don't look after yourself, you can't look after anyone else. And that's the truth. So even basic self-care, eat healthy, don't go out and kill yourself. Because you have you have a responsibility. <laughs> oh, it was bad. I felt you. so annoyed. You know when you you absolutely kick yourself. You're like, oh my gosh. But anyway, it was a it's a fun story. Now I'm recovered. 
yeah how long ago was that um it was like sort of la- end of last year i um oh babe yeah, bless I thought, you i'm gonna be really cool i'm gonna be a skater chick you know this is this yes. is my sport but i got really brave and i went down the biggest hill and came straight off um broke a rib oh. and had the worst oh. gravel rash all over my back oh yeah it was quite horrific oh, but we laugh about ouch. it now yeah, have you have you still got that skateboard? Is that ambition still yeah, there? Well, I used to skate to work, but it was so super flat. And now I'm going back to work. I want to be really brave and get back on it. So, and get back on your mm. skateboard. Well, I actually do have um, a skateboard. I think it's more of like a long. Yes, board. that's what I've and got. I don't know. If, uh, yeah, is that what you? Oh, okay. Well, we need to meet yes. up and try them because I am rubbish. But it's something that I really want to do yes. as well. I actually got it for my 29th birthday. Love last year (laughs) and I'm not very good yet but I definitely need to practice more so that's going to be one of our self-care things then skateboarding (laughs) I love that 100% I need I need a skater buddy so I'm definitely game for that oh amazing well that is just I mean what a place to round things up oh my love that is absolutely incredible um and you are amazing Mm. I love you so much and we are we're at our our quick quick fire questions now and I think question one we've kind of actually covered already but let's just do like a roundup on your top three wellness tips to include in your wellness toolkit um so gratitude huge thing so you know gratitude is the ultimate vibration to put out to the universe to get more things to be grateful for so list list the things you're grateful for feel it in your heart as you list them and yeah that's my biggest one for sure be grateful for everything Mm. every moment everything Mm yeah amazing and my second one would be movement because it doesn't matter what it is if it's a walk if it's yoga if it's running any dancing in your kitchen but again I think being able to move is a blessing and you Mm. know if you don't use it you lose it so you know move enjoy it and never ever stop definitely I'm with you on that Mm. one a hundred percent Definitely. Number three. So I think number three would be to practice presence as much as you can. So when you're eating a, your meal, you know, chew it, taste it. How does it taste? Ask yourself, am I enjoying this? How does it, how's this food making me feel? Just, you know, when your hand touches a door and opens it, how does it feel? Ask yourself all the time and just practice presence. I think it's such a useful tool for everything. Mm, amazing so gratitude movement and presence Mm. i love that that's amazing okay so question number two what is the first thing you do in the morning um to be honest i will literally fuss and love my pugs i knew you were gonna (laughs) say that (laughs) oh i I sort of like i miss them when i sleep so when i wake up i just grab them and i hug them and i love them and i Oh. Yeah, I feel the gratitude in my heart for them. And it just, it brings me so much joy. I know, morning dog cuddles are literally the best thing oh, in the world. We're so lucky. We, 
Oh, we are so lucky. It's the first thing that we do as well because our, our little pup, Elle, she does sleep in a, in her crate still. Mm. She's she's quite good in her crate. But then the first like first one up, we'll let her out of oh. her crate and she'll jump straight on the mm. bed. She won't be bothered about going to the loo. She'll just want to come oh. in for a cuddle. And we're like, oh, morning cuddles. It's the best so thing. So beautiful. It really is the best it thing. It is. Oh, and how how about the last thing at night then? Um. It's repetitive, but it's gratitude. So mm. first thing in the morning and last thing at night, it, it's it sometimes it's the same three things. Um, it mm. can be big things, it can be little things. So sometimes I say I'm grateful for my eyesight, things like that. Just things that mm. I could you could often take for granted. I you know I say I'm grateful to have wake up for another day. Um, I just find when I start with that vibration in the that energy. And when I go to bed with it, I, it just makes my heart happy and it keeps me in that space. Mm. So, yeah, that's a big one always. Mm, amazing. And I think your answer to the next one is going to be maybe quite long because I know that you do love to read different books and you're quite inspired. So feel free to give us a few books if you have got a few books that have inspired you. Um, so the first one is The Power of Now, which I know you've read. And yeah, yeah, when I was on your um, lovely yoga retreat, I was reading it, wasn't I? And I was just, I was telling yeah. everyone about it. <laughs> I remember in the garden, in that beautiful mm. garden at Hunston, you're outside in the sunshine. And yeah, I remember that very I well. I think about that moment all the time. It was beautiful. The birds were singing, the sky was blue. And I was just reading this book, which is all about presence. Um, mm. Oh, it's, it's, it's very... I find I found it mind blowing. It took me a long time to read it because there's so many things that just I'd read and I had to reread it a couple of times because you're just like, wow, that's absolutely mm. incredible. But that book gave me so many tools to escape my pain and you know self suffering that I was you know putting on myself. And it, I would say it it changed my life, actually. Um, mm. So I always recommend that to everyone, clients, anybody that's suffering with anxiety, that's the first one um, for sure. And then I'm reading a book at the moment. It's called When Things Fall Apart. And the author is called Pima. I forget her second name. But it's it's an incredible book. She's a Buddhist. and she, she writes, it's really easy to read, so you can get through it nice and quickly. It's not a big book. But again, there's so many tools in there about, you know, coping with life. And I and it's not, I say to people, I think it's been titled a little bit misleadingly because I think by calling it When Things Fall Apart, I think it, it it looks like it's aimed at people that have been or are going through a hard time. But I actually think every single person would benefit from what's in this book it's just incredible life tools written so well um mm. so that's a new one that I'm reading that I really recommend mm, that sounds really beautiful mm, it is it really is lovely book what about you yeah. what are you reading at the moment I'm reading a book called Americana um so it's a fiction so it's actually not a self-help or anything like that but I I was really kind of motivated by the Black Lives Matter movement yes. and I've read 
some really good books. I I I, I have so far been a little bit too um, overwhelmed to read the, the proper anti-racist books. Mm-hmm. I have bought a few of them, the non-fiction ones, and I, I, I will get into them. And I know it's a privilege to kind of decide when I take mm. on that work, but I've started with some um some novels so um i've i've been reading queenie that was really good girl woman other was amazing mm. and yeah Amer- now on to americana which is just amazing as well so yeah but that's i mean that's gone slightly on a tangent but i've really enjoyed those so for anyone listening if you're looking to broaden your knowledge there then i would definitely recommend those fiction novels i love um, that <laughs> i think i love that and i think power to you for doing that and yeah. definitely for sharing because I think that's all something that we could benefit from for mm. sure so yeah I love that yeah definitely and also for me again going off on a tangent but it's actually quite important as well to to to, to read things that aren't about yeah. yoga yeah. and aren't about kind of mindfulness because as much as I love reading that stuff my whole life yes, is that yes. so I kind of I I really have to be aware that not to get too fixated just on yoga and to broaden my my mind a little bit. So love yeah. That. So that's kind of what I'm focusing on at the moment. For you. So final question, my lovely. <laughs> Do you have a mantra or an intention that you live by? So I think what I've learned mainly over the last sort of couple of years is how precious life is. I think we're here felt just like a fleeting moment moment and so I think every day I remind myself how precious life is so to wake Mm. up with a smile and just be grateful for what I have that's generally what I really try to live by Mm. amazing I love that so much Mm. thank you Thank you. And finally, if if people want to find out more about you, which I'm almost certain that pretty much everyone who listens mm, to this will you. want to, where where do they go? Where should we send them? I think I'm probably most active on Instagram. Um, yeah, yeah. So it would be Ashley McCartney Fitness on Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I feel like I'm loving the energy that it's being shared on Instagram. You know, I love what you post and there's some really inspiring sort of people posting some amazing things at the moment so that's definitely where I spend most of my time sharing posts and just sharing that energy because I think there's a lot of good stuff going on on there at the moment so yeah Mm, amazing and I'll make sure that I've got the spelling for that correct in the show notes so people can find you Thank so you. amazing Thank you. well I can't believe we're at the end but I just I'm so grateful for you coming on and thank you so much for sharing all your amazing tips and wisdom and I can't wait to go skateboarding mm. and see all your pugs <laughs> and have a big hug when we're allowed oh, to have a hug I, I mean are we allowed to hug yet I'm I not don't sure. know we'll have to check the guidelines again it's madness we'll I know oh it's been an absolute <laughs> honor oh. Lucy thank you so much and I love I've loved all the previous episodes I think what you've done here is amazing you're always so giving in everything that you do and everybody is so grateful so thank you well I mean totally mutual feelings Mm. to you as well thank you so much darling all right I'll chat to you soon thank you bye-bye bye
So thank you once again to the beautiful Ashley McCartney for that conversation today. My goodness, it was just such an honor to be a part of that conversation with her. We really are two kindred spirits and I hope what we've shared today has been helpful to at least some of you out there. If it has, do make sure that you review, you share it, you subscribe. And yeah, we would just be so grateful if you could spread the word to whoever you think that might be helpful to. And as I mentioned at the beginning, we are now at the end of season one of Root and Rise with Lucy. So I really just want to say thank you so much for being on this journey with me. It has been such an honor to have these conversations, to share a little bit more about myself and and just to hear some of your stories back. It's been really inspirational to hear some of the things that you've reflected back to me. So thank you so much for being a part of it. I'm so motivated to keep this going for season two. So even as the lockdown is lifting now, and as we're gonna be finding our feet in the new normal, I will be busy preparing for season two, and I've already got some amazing guests there lined up. So yeah, watch this space. I haven't got a release date just yet, but as soon as I do, I will let you know. And as I say, just thank you, thank you, thank you for all of your support. You'll never know how much it means. And the best way to support me back is just sharing sharing the podcast far and wide, spreading the word to whoever you think it might resonate with. So do keep doing that in our break. And I will be dropping in a couple of little bonus meditations when we're on that break as well. So keep your eyes peeled for those. I think the most popular one has been the body scan, the full body scan. So I'll do one of those um, just for that. So you guys have that to hand whenever you might need it. Now, finally today, I thought I would end by sharing the one conscious deep breath. As Ashley spoke about her love for The Power of Now, the book by Eckhart Tolle, which I'm sure that you are familiar with. If you haven't read it yet, it is a wonderful read. I'm actually really inspired to go back and read it again because it was a while ago that I read it. Um, But Eckhart Tolle, he, he shares this technique of one conscious deep breath. And I think this is a technique that will be so helpful if you're someone who needs that that assistance and just a little tool to help you drop into the present moment. So all you do is just observe the quality of the breath, the sensation of the breath as it's entering and exiting the nose, the coolness, the warmth, how it makes you feel. So we'll practice just one conscious deep breath now emptying your lungs completely and then inhaling exhaling so did you notice there the coolness of the breath as it came in through the nose and then the warmth of the exhale Did you notice your shoulders dropping, your face relaxing, anything else? No right or wrong answers, but just being conscious of how that made you feel today. And let's do three more now. So again, inhale. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale, one more, inhale, exhale, 
again, just observing the quality, how it's made you feel, anything that you can take note of. And finally, again, just thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for all your support and kind words. And I'll see you in season two. Have a beautiful day.